Christ, Maggie senses tell me this is gonna get fucking tasty, baby. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. There's a slice of cheese, Minigo Giantopolis. I have a dream. Honey, cut. Bardler. Eh. The fella in the green and white short. The guys up in the joy have asked to be put back in their cells. <laughs> <laughs> if you stop waffling, we might get some work done. He has the goo blood. He has the goo blood. Get out! Get out, man! You ain't that. Let me add a little bit of spice to that. Is he a fucking spice? My grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. I think I'm a special one. I'm the normal one. I never knew Stoke were that good. Hello, good afternoon and welcome to this week's OnlyFans football podcast, Kieran. This week we are talking the biggest bust-ups in life and football, of course. We have football, football bust-ups. Yeah. Bust we do have a very special bust-up from, I think, 24 years ago that we can discuss for absolutely no reason other than it's, it's our podcast and we want to, we want to talk we about it. We do what we want. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is our show. Yeah. Um, I think give the viewers what they want as well, in a way. I do think, uh, especially Ian, I know Ian's going to be very interested to hear this one. But, um, yes, episode 10, the Jerry Hannon, Kieran, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Adzi. I've had a good week. Mm. It's been a very busy week, but I've had a good week. I was at a gig on Sunday, mm. a, ra- a Chicago rapper, believe it or not. Okay. And I enjoyed it a lot. It was very talented musicians. And on Saturday, obviously, was out. Um, on the points in Cassidy's Guinness flowing six points of Guinness for the Ireland match um, and an extra one for the misery um, and yeah just a, a nice night out on Camden Street home early of course half 12 in bed by one what about yourself? yeah all, all good Cran um, we take us take it back to last week Kieran um, we had our first bout of uh, Thursday Thursdays in a tasty garden <laughs> we uh, took Senan to watch his first Shells match against Rovers and um, <clears throat> good match it was alright wasn't it I think Rovers were up to very little weren't they and Shells kind of prevented them from creating a lot and um, I think Shells had a clear handball that should have been a penalty on Dan O'Cleary because he just punched the ball mid-air Dr Neil Ferrugia should have been sent off for Rovers but oh that was definitely a sent off yeah. definitely a red card mm. um, but the referees love Shamrock Rovers so that's why it ended nil all but Kieran we went to the flutter for a few points of Guinness after what do you think of the Guinness I thought the Guinness was unbelievable wasn't it nice. I, I thought the whole experience of uh, football in the ultrasound was unbelievable mm. I really enjoyed the chance um, obviously I didn't partake for obvious reasons I am a neutral mm. and I refuse to partake in uh, what was your favourite chant though I have to say the Rovers the one about the yeah, Pope the Pope yeah <laughs> the famous Shamrock Rovers <laughs> they went off to see the Pope but yeah we, we finished off the match with a few Guinness in the floor as I said and where does all touristy Thursdays take you Kieran <laughs> to the tasty tasty garden tasty garden we went to the tasty garden then for um, this shocked Senan a lot really and Dave's sitting here with us he's had a coffee with us um, Blue is mine Blue is mine this did um, a spice bag with extra chicken and no veg it was a bit strange. I'd never heard of it before. <coughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I was new to it. I didn't get it. I like the veg. I like the uh, vitamins that come from the veg. So I okay. refused to get extra chicken. I think. But could you not just get extra chicken and keep the veg? Oh. Would that be a problem? I doubt it. Well, maybe you could. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, but I mean, you're you're not taking. You're only taking a bit more from. You're not getting rid of the whole thing. Okay. Well, no, I know. The more you know, I suppose. The more you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then Friday, we worked at Bellator, Kieran, and had a very interesting conversation with um, a fellow from F104, Mikey. I don't know if he's listening, he said he would. So if he is, welcome to the show, Mikey. Um, we hope you enjoy. Well, if this is your first experience and you're listening to us talk about Jerry Hadden, um, yeah, this, this is what we're like. <laughs> it will probably be your last. Yeah, yeah. but um, Saturday came around and we had a... I was doing commentary, Kieran, for the Shells against Bowes game again in the Cup. Another another week, another cup match against Bowes, and another win for Shells. Um, shout out to Dan Lambert, he wasn't happy 
with the PA on Saturday <laughs> when Shells won 1-0 and um, the PA system played Bob Marley every little thing's got to be alright uh, clearly the irony isn't lost on him but um, it was quite funny to be honest and as I said on commentary Bowles obviously 100% fan owned but they're 100% Shells owned in cup competitions this season I don't think that went down well oh, it didn't go down well but that, that's we do it for the love of the game and uh, we went out to, we went out as well to Camden to watch the Ireland Scotland match and we will discuss that game in due course I have a lot to say about mm. that game and Kenny's era in general but, but before we do Kieran we're going to look at our Jersey of the Week Kieran well this week's Jersey of the Week comes from my wardrobe next door as we are in Studio 250 famously named after the pandemic unemployment payments mm-hmm. um, someone sponsor us please but <laughs> Jersey of the Week this week comes from 1970 Adzi it's an exact <laughs> it's it's an exact jersey from 1970 I think Pele wore mm-hmm. when he was playing in the World Cup in 1970 mm-hmm. and it's been passed up through the generations to my household it, magically I think uh, it was a Tinkerbell who sent it over but mm-hmm. fucking hell uh, Brazil 1970 here mm-hmm. um, an exact jersey and as you can see it is roughed up so it is mm-hmm. where did you get the jersey from? I got it in of year okay sorry I've it's got from Australia, is it? Yeah, I got this from Tree Retro. It's mm. a nice little website. The, actually, the Australia. little tag on the back was really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a World Cup tag score draw. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they get the jerseys. But yeah, um, it's a nice number, Carl. Despite what I said, it is a replica jersey. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lovely one at that. Sorry, so, Carl. I'm I'm not sure the viewer would have. Uh, I'm sorry if I ruined the the magic on the viewer that a jersey that Pele owned. <laughs> Made its way into your loving arms. You're about three foot taller than Pele. That wouldn't even go on your leg. You know what I mean? If it was Pele's jersey. Uh, but yeah, that's our international special. That's Adzi crushing dreams. In jersey Jersey. Well, Santa Claus isn't real either. There you go. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> we will move on, Carol. To Ireland versus Scotland or... I suppose Scotland the home to Ireland, whichever way you want to put it. Hamden Park. Hamden Park was, was hopping, to be fair. There was good Irish support over there as well. I feel like Ireland threw this game away, to be honest with you. 1-0 up. Um, <clears throat> Scotland, I didn't feel great a whole lot. Um, obviously, second half comes around and they, they start playing a bit more. But at one all, Troy Parr has a chance to make it 2-1. And he doesn't. And I, I feel that had he scored that, might have been... Oh yeah, it would have been game over. Probably I couldn't, I couldn't see Scotland really creating too much. Now Ireland, to be, to be fair to them, play very well. I didn't think they were awful in the game. I thought we created a lot of chances as well. So just a few individual performances, I suppose, that weren't great. Particularly Matt Doherty, who <laughs> just decided not to defend at yeah. one point. And um, I thought the back three were quite good, though. To be fair to them, yeah. O'Shea. I think that's our best back three. Egan. Um, and Collins as well yeah, I think and I, uh, to be fair the midfield weren't bad either I thought Cullen Malumbi and um, Knight was it Knight yeah put mm. it up to McGinn and the likes of them so I think the midfield did an okay job mm. I think the wing back system were struggling a bit because obviously mm. you have two weak points in those positions mm. like Doherty's not even starting for Spurs I think Doherty's decline yeah is, like, uh, to be honest McLean was actually alright I thought McLean did alright yeah he was alright to be fair and he's been out of good form for Wigan this season as well but you're talking about a player in Darty who hasn't got a game for Spurs this season so mm. you'd wonder why he's starting a game like this yeah you know um, he has a chance I think at one all as well he cuts in he has a, he's on his right foot as well and I don't know why he didn't hit on his right foot he decides to chop it onto his left and he hits it like really wide and as I said we're in the Camden and Everyone around was gone. Well, what the fuck are you doing that for? <laughs> they were literally going, What are you doing that for? No need, you could just show it to your right foot. You had plenty of time and space. Like, you thought that was bad when you see his defending later on in the game. You're like, Bloody hell. I don't know if you've seen the Premier Sport uh, coverage of the game. I was looking at a bit of it yesterday. And I don't know if you remember, but when Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane left, Matt already came out in an interview and was like, giving out about the training regime of Martin O'Neill and, you know, saying that just giving out grief about it, essentially and on the coverage for Premier Sport he was on with Alan Hutton and Richard Dunn some other Scottish chap I couldn't quite I don't quite remember his name I think he's an SPL legend or something but um, I think it was Colin Hendry or something but um, Martin O'Neill 
when they're talking about Doherty's defending Alan Hutton and uh, Richard Dunn are like yeah look it's, it's clearly a player of practice you know what I mean he hasn't played a whole lot for sports etc etc and Martin O'Neill just goes that's what happen when, that's what happens when a player doesn't know how to, def- how to defend <laughs> and the other three start like laughing awkwardly but I'd say they're all like ah yeah that was a bit, that was a bit harsh Martin but um, yeah. I think that's a product of the players that we have at the minute that there's not a whole lot to select if a player who's not even getting a game or involved in any way, shape, or form is starting. I think that kind of shows where we're, where we're at. Yeah, um, just a bit of a positive from the game is probably Michael Obafemi's performance. I yeah. thought he was very good, especially in the game away from home, Yeah, playing on the counter-attack, mm. which baffles me beyond belief why Kenny decided to take him off after 60 minutes for Ogbeni, who's also been in very good form. I'd have loved to have seen Ogbeni and Obafemi in front. There you go. Because Para has, as we said, Para has a great chance, and he he, he hits it at the keeper and it goes wide. Um, I feel like he tried to overcomplicate. Mm. The keeper's given him half of a goal to aim at, and he tries to go near post and look at the keeper saves whatever. But I think overall, Troy Parrot's like position in the game and like his anticipation for a ball dropping to him, etc. Isn't is is very rarely good. Like he's very he's always rushing things. He's never. I, I never feel he's in control of things and um, yeah I thought I would Femi for us and I, I do I, to be honest with you, I think he's our best player at the moment, at the moment. Um, yeah he was very good yeah a few things to say about Stephen Kenny now um, doom and gloom first I'll start with the positives misery misery, misery. <laughs> the <whole> flipping way <laughs> Ireland used seven players aged 23 or younger and in the 2020 Euro campaign, Mick McCarthy only featured one player under 23. So you can take that as a positive. That is an absolute positive, to be fair. Um, 200 more passes in the game in um, Hamden than there was in the 2014 game against Scotland at Celtic Park. Again, I'd, 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 I'd class that as a positive. But uh, then you go into the negatives. Kenny talking about ticket sales and pending himself under the blanket of his style of play. Um, I think it's a must win night against Armenia obviously that game will be already played by the time the listeners are listening to this but I'll just go into Kenny's record two years in charge now um, six wins 11 draws 10 losses 22% win percentage and if you look at Mick McCarthy before him who didn't get the chance to finish that campaign by the way in the playoff I thought it was very unfair um, five wins four draws and one loss in his tenure mm. before Kenny coming in that's interesting. I think that appointment of Kenny and McCarthy is probably the epitome of the FAO's failings because they appointed Mick McCarthy um, on the basis of like an interim manager, and then obviously COVID hit, and the fixtures were moved around, and like it was unfair on Mick McCarthy, but it was also unfair on Stephen Kenny in a way because mm. he's thrown into a group of players that are used to a manager that they presume they will have worked with for longer than what they did, and. I think even in one of Kenny's first games, wasn't it? I think it was a playoff against Serbia, and he was unlucky out there. And draw. A draw. Slovakia was it? There's been, there's been games like, there's been games where he's just the team just hasn't performed the way he wants to perform. But like there's been games against Portugal home and away where we could have won both of them. Obviously, we lose one and draw the other. But football's fine margins. I I, I think it's hard to judge Kenny just yet. I think given the Euros campaign. Um, and see where he's at after that because there's a there's the bounds of a good team there like there's the makings of a good team there and they're starting to play with each other a bit more and you know I, I'd give him time but I don't necessarily even think tonight's a must win either because I think if he loses it's irrelevant if he wins or loses really because mm. I don't think it means that to the Nations League in general um, other than maybe not finishing bottom but look I, I think he's the football he's trying to play he probably hasn't got the players to actually play so it's, it's a bit unfortunate that way but um that game could have been four or five one. I think Collins makes two unbelievable last ditch headers to prevent Scotland from scoring. Um, really good defensive display from him, and obviously he got the goal last year, didn't he? Before the, I think it was in November last year. I can't quite remember who was against them. It could have been Armenia, I think. So I think Nate Collins is a player that you kind of build your spine around. Obviously Bazunu, he's a big fan of Josh Cullen. Like I think Bazunu, Collins, Cullen, Abafemi. That's that's the makings of a good team, and yeah, I suppose yeah. give him time. I think it'd be rash now to sack him, 
because there's no one out there really to, to bring in but yeah I'd love to see Benny and Abafemi <coughs> starting together tonight but yeah. um, I was going to say I suppose you judge if you're looking at those two contrasts I just made McCarthy and Kenny I suppose the main difference would be direction mm. and where the team is going and I think you judge a manager based on future direction I think Kenny's trying to play football mm. now as opposed and to McCarthy. you have to realise well, he's dealing with years of neglect yeah. you know what I mean he's dealing with like a football association that has had years of neglect and even the League of Ireland like that's had years of being the the ugly child that the FAI didn't want and stuff like that and like even as far back as Trap Tony is saying there's no domestic league here in Ireland stuff like that that's long gone you know what I mean that, that's that's a million miles away now so he, he's still building the, the everything's kind of being built up again and look I, I, I give him the Euros campaign that's, that'd be my kind of ultimatum because if you can't get through that then yeah, you'll have a problem you know what I mean I think I think the next Euros is going to have the most teams ever in it or something like that something along those lines so like the last one I think that was the biggest one ever so <clears throat> that's only going to get bigger and there's going to be more spaces for teams and if you can't qualify for that then yeah I'd, I'd say that'd be the end of the row for him uh, we'll move on from that we will Come on, we're going to move on now to <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing because it's so it's so random. What, what, what a drastic about. change! Eh? What a drastic change! <laughs> we're gonna talk now, Kieran, about the biggest bust ups in. I, I wrote football, the biggest bust ups in football. So we're, we're do you know what? We'll go to the Instagram first and have a look and see what people said before we get into my one, your one, and then we have a joint one. Let's say. Um, so Cullen says Aaron McCurry knocking out his own teammate for Glen Thorne has to be up there so goalkeeper Aaron McCurry I think he was with Dundalk once upon a time yeah just <laughs> knocked out one of his teammates when he was playing with Glen Thorne um, it was a bit mad but I, I think that's great Irish football to be honest with you but um, yeah that was a bit mad <laughs> Gary Vav Gary says Ryan and Roger Giggs um, and John Terry and Wayne Bridge there seems to be a team there Gary I mean to be expected from himself but um, <laughs> I don't know if you want to if you want to talk about John Terry and Ryan Bridge Carl. Well, we'll, well it's in the name we'll brush it under the bridge <laughs> and we'll move on um, Kane says Stewie Bourne and Stephen Kenny my mate Stewie um, I'm upset <laughs> <laughs> I'm angry Tony um, that video is so bad from, from that video to meet him and like the undercommentary of him He's such a softly spoken man. He's Starstruck. absolute. Oh, he was. To be honest. <laughs> uh, it was great experience. But yeah, that was that was another one. Um, and he won in the end, Stewie. Obviously, that was when Charles won the league. Ben Casey says Jack Charlton and Eamon Dunphy, Italian ninety Kieran throwing the pen across the table. Cha cha cha. Um, I always side with Eamon Dunphy. To be honest, Kieran, I always will side with Eamon Dunphy. Every opportunity. Um, I feel like he's my spirit animal. Interesting. Yeah. Sennon says De Bruyne versus I think it was against Chelsea this one. Um when they wouldn't let him speak. Did you ever see that one? Let me talk. <laughs> let me talk. And obviously they wouldn't let him talk. And then he says uh, Michael Ballack and Didier Drogba versus the referee in Champions oh, League. That's a great show. Barcelona. That was a good show. Yeah. Um It's a disgrace. What side were you you were obviously gonna side with Ballack and Drogba? Of course, because the ref was a fucking wanker. Sorry, yeah. excuse my language. All side of the referee. Um, great, great referee performance from him on the day. A great goal by Iniesta to win it and Barcelona won Champions League in the end. Right. In the end. Ignore the three or four handballs they didn't give, but yeah. No, they weren't handballs at all. Okay. No, they weren't. Right. No, no, no. Dave, Dave, as I said, is with us here. What is your favourite post up? You can pick a football one or you can pick like a random one. Um, I'd probably go with um, not football related, the UFC. I'd probably go with DC and Jones in one of the press conferences. I think it was in the MGM, and poor old John Anik was in the middle of it. Jones just picked him up like a baby and fucked him into the <laughs> into the uh, fountain. <laughs> Lifeless he was. Lifeless. Nothing you could do. Just threw him out of the way. He's gone. That's I, my one. I always side with um, anyone who's against John Jones. Oh yeah, no, I, I I'm not gonna get started on John Jones. I, I'm, I'm totally against him. Yeah. So Kieran, we move on now. To our to our 
um, bust ups. Do you want to? Do you want to? Will we talk about your one first? My bust up is between Noel King and Tony O'Donoghue after a three-one win to Kazakhstan, twenty thirteen. Noel King, obviously Ireland interim manager after <laughs> Trapa Tony. Um, yeah, I'd say it's more a bust up between Noel King and uh, Eamon Dunphy. They had more possession, but in terms of penetration, maybe the lack of the, the lack of natural wingers was was, was that an issue for us? Uh, Germany scored three goals. We scored three goals. Don't talk to me about uh, that, will you, please? Don't talk to me about that. Don't de- de- degrade the players' performance. Don't don't degrade what they've done. They've done a marvelous, marvelous show tonight against a very tricky team. I've nothing but praise for our players. Nothing but praise for the, the boys in green short. And the staff and everything around the place, and I think that's a positive outlook. And that's the one. That's the one I'll bring home. No intention to degrade players, are you? Or the result by any means? I mean, you know, winning a, a game three-one is a, an important result for us, as far as the seeding in go, particular go, for the next group is concerned. Of course, the boys are delighted. Go and look at the chances that were created. Of course, you'll miss chances. You, you I would, you know, you've talked about possession in relation to getting three goals in a game. What's wrong with that? And if there isn't a new manager in place, I'm sure you'd love to stay uh, I, involved. I, I work for the FAI. I've worked for them umpteen years. I'm delighted with my job at the under-21s. I'm delighted to have had that opportunity. If the FAI want me to do something, they'll talk to me. If they don't want me to do something, that's fine. I, I, I work for the FAI. It's great. I, I'm, not, I'm going to enjoy it tonight. And you should as well. Thanks very much. Well done. Bye. Well, Tony, I don't know who with uh, Noel King. Eamon, your reaction? I think I, I said, and I say it again, I think... He's been shown to be out of his depth, uh, Noel King, way, way out of his depth. Um, there was nothing that Tony said there that denigrated the players. He was asking legitimate questions, and that response proves that he can't handle even the small bit of pressure after a win. Out of his depth in the job. Some of the questions from, from uh, <laughs> Tony O'Donoghue, I don't know why they mount up, to be fair. Like, he was asking, as Dunphy says... He was asking them about like the fact that the team had no natural wingers, and he turned around and was like, um, "He says uh, this conversation is incorrect." <laughs> what? <laughs> he says the conversation is incorrect, um, and then I don't know what Tony asked him, but he just turned around and says, "Thanks." And it's it's great TV because even the camera, the camera's like zooming in on him, <laughs> like a WWE. Yeah, the more angry he gets, the, the better it zooms in on him. <laughs> And he was like, thanks. And then he walks away and the camera follows him. <laughs> I was like, no, hold on, hold on. I have two more questions for you. <laughs> and, um, and he finishes the interview by saying, I'm going to enjoy tonight. Thanks. And in a very aggressive <laughs> manner. And it cuts back to Dunphy, and, uh, who's <laughs> defending Tony to the hill, God bless him, um, saying, Dara, he was asking legitimate questions. Dara, Dara. He's completely um, out of his depth. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Dara gives a break. Joined by um, a young Richie Sadler, Kieran, you know it. Young Richie Buzzcut Sadler. Yeah, yeah. Himself, yeah. Liam Brady, um, <laughs> and Dunphy. Those were the days, weren't they? Those, those were the decline, decline on stage, RT. It was when it was just about to go down. Far on the left. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those were the days, man. You don't get that anymore. It's like censored now. It's it's kind of horrible. You can't say anything. Why do we pay the TV license? Is what I want to know. I don't. But yeah, who side do you take here, Con? No King or or um, Dunphy slash Tony? I'm gonna take Dunphy and Tony side. Okay. I think No King was easily wound up. Mm. I think a bit more composure would have been Grant. Mm. yeah they were always going to try and wind him up mm. um, and he just took it too much to heart if I remember the game correctly um, we won 3-1 but we were played off the park by Kazakhstan so they, Kazakhstan just held on to the ball creative, creative few to little chances but um, they were I suppose played better than we did to, a, to an extent I do feel for Noel King uh, to a degree here because he's just won a game 3-1 and uh, to be honest with you, I don't think the questions are that bad. I just think he takes takes them the wrong way. Too much art. Um, like I think Tony notes that like they played better when McGeady came on, and he took complete offence. <laughs> He's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "You know what I mean?" He's like, "He played better when McGeady came on, like a natural winger." But um, this conversation is incorrect. Um, I would probably <laughs> veer on the side of Tony and Eamon. Yeah. As I said, I'll take Eamon's side on anything. But um, yeah. Good to be. 
Right, so Kieran, my um, my bust up um, that we're going to talk about is Eamon Duffy's bust up with Irish Football Sports Association member Alan Hunter and Jack Charlton's biographer, who I can't quite find the name of, but he's a dapper fella in Sue. Um, this all transpired on prime time of all places. And, um, with Miriam McCallum. With Miriam McCallum. Shout out to Miriam. They didn't understand her inside band. They don't understand it now. They, Roy Keane has a... I, don't, I can't understand. Alex Ferguson would not let him go two years ago mm. to play for Ireland when he was a reasonable player. Now, at a stage when you're struggling, no, no, at a stage when you're struggling, it's just silly. Why, it's not silly. No, 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 you're, 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 you have the, 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 the copyright and silly comments. Yeah. This, he is a, a player who is in decline. What can he? We're contribute? all in decline. <laughs> no, no well, I, I, he I is in rapid decline. I accept that Roy Keane still has a huge amount to offer Irish soccer and certainly the French and the Swiss will dread this news today. That's the power and the sure. passion of Roy Keane. And it's not what it's all about. That's what it's all about. But Miriam, either. if we have a situation where he can, you know, pull the strings with Brian Kerr and we have another, why don't we have another Saipan? This is a very dangerous situation and I think, I think that it's so serious, the reputation of Irish soccer, the best fans in the world, the reputation of our country, I think that this should be a referendum issue. It should be put to the people. Hold on a minute. There's a valid point to be made here. It, it, it's no coincidence that when Roy Keane went out of the team, players like Robbie Keane and Damien Duff blossomed. But Damien Duff wants them back. Well, pe 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 people are saying things, very few people are putting their heads above the parapet at the moment. The fact of the matter is that it was only when Keane was gone that Robbie Keane and Damien Duff and their real blossomed. What influence, what will the effect be if Keane comes back? Will he, will he again inhibit him? Essentially, Eamon Duffy's defending Roy Keane. And <laughs> your man, who's Jack Charles' biographer, is claiming that Roy Keane is in decline. This is when Brian Kerr took over and they tried to get Roy Keane back in after the Saipan incident. So when your man, your man says Roy Keane is in decline, Duffy replies with, we're all in decline. <laughs> Sensationalism about its point it's just like yeah no we are but like that's not not in football terms we are you know I mean? so this is when uh, Miriam brings Alan Hunter in of the Irish Football Supporters Association um, and <laughs> he chimes in with what if we have another Saipan instant if Roy Kane gets back into the Ireland squad of Riker to which he says this should be a referendum issue he wants people to go and vote he wants people to go and vote on a fucking Roy Kane being in the squad. Um, That's uh, just rent free at times. Don't, don't literally looking at the two of these, laugh, <laughs> laughing right at them as they're talking about this. And then your man chimes in again, the other fella. Um, I've no idea who it is. No. We're just going to call him the biographer. Um, chimes in and says, it's now, it's now coincidence that Damien Duff and Robbie Kane blossomed um, when Roy Kane left. I was like, yeah, mate, but well, one's playing for Chelsea, one's playing for Spurs, two of the top clubs in England. Yeah, they're, they're clearly going to, I think Duff might have been playing for Blackburn at the time. They're clearly going to get better, you know what I mean? They're only young, and they were two of Ireland's best ever players in general. And Dunphy replies so strategically and um, kind of composed. And this is what I love about him, is he's, he's good at this. It's dangerous. I just it's say dangerous. that Robbie, Robbie Keane and Damien Duff have always, were always going to be outstanding international players. Roy Keane led us unbeaten to qualify for the World Cup. He's a great player. He's still a great player. Where'd you get these two guys from? I tell you this. I mean, this, this, this guy, who does he represent? Who does he represent? Who does he represent? Who does he represent? Who does he um, and Mark is covering the topic of Iraq. This is um, 2004 in a nutshell. I think yeah, I think 2003. Um, this is Ireland's. This is the best piece of Irish television history. It's like everything, everything that a pit moise is the mediocrity of Ireland to an extent. Apart um, from what we're about to talk about right now. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, sensational TV. Um, I'm gonna very on the side of Aim Dove here. Because Roy Keane, and I did say a couple of weeks ago about the Saipan incident, 
I do think he's let. I do think he let his country down. I absolutely do believe that. But what I will say is, he's one of Ireland's best players, if not the best. So I think anyone with an ounce of of sense would would definitely welcome him back into the squad. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm definitely not fearing on the side of the fellow who said we could have a referendum <laughs> on a football based issue. What sort of fucking statement is that? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And now for the main event. So everyone chilled in at the minute. We'll probably have seen the Instagram post last night where I said um, we're going to discuss bust-ups, Kieran. And in the in the picture that I used, I used a picture of Jerry Hannon and Frank McCourt. Who we've um, named the fox after. <laughs> we've named a noble fox after. All right, Andy. <laughs> so this is the last feud we have chosen to talk about. Oh, God. The feud of 99, Addy. <laughs> Frank McCourt versus Gary Hannon. <laughs> 24 years later, revisited. <laughs> and I wasn't even born, Addy. No, I, was, I was born. Was it 1998? 99. Oh, yeah, I would have been a few months born. <laughs> you would have seen this, maybe. No, oh, absolutely not. Um, oh, God. But the start of the interview, <laughs> Pat Kenny goes... I, I think there's a few people in the audience and obviously for context uh, Frank McCourt wrote Andrew's Ashes so this is what the book was about um, depicting Limerick in just slight Limerick wasn't it yeah, yeah I think he was depicting Limerick in a bad way mm. and a lot of people weren't happy and Frank um, McCourt is sitting in the chair beside Pat Kenny <coughs> and Pat Kenny goes um, we have a, a couple of people want to say something uh, yeah uh, that's Jerry Jerry Hannon now you uh, kind of are involved in an ongoing battle with, yeah, uh, it Frank must be one sided. I don't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, you, you wrote, do. You wrote you a book. You know called... everything about it, Frank. You have been peddling lies about Limerick for the last two and a half years. In every television station, in every newspaper, you have told lies about Limerick, about your mother, about Theresa Carmody, about Willie Harold. You have done nothing but lied. You are a liar. Jerry Harold! <laughs> As if he didn't know who it was. Yeah. And we find out, let me find out as the interview goes on. That Pat Kenny's interviewed us as well. Like. And uh, they're just basically squabbling, talking over each other. And then Frank Court goes, Teresa Carmody. Teresa Carmody. No, just a minute, we're not finished. Teresa Carmody. Teresa Carmody. Teresa Carmody is a made up name. It is not a made up The young lady, you will never know her name. You are a liar. You are a liar. Number two, Frank McCourt. Why are you so obsessed with me? Because, Frank, Jesus Christ up in heaven. How old are you, by you, the way? You have How old are you? How old are irrelevant. You? Why are you so obsessed with me? Gary Hannon, what, what, are the, what are the kind of things he says to Frank McCourt that he, he doesn't answer? He, he brings up three points, doesn't he? Yeah. Basically, that he lied about Theresa Carmody. He lied about... And Pat Kenny tries to interrupt him yeah. in the second point. And he's like, are looking into okay. this program tonight. Jerry, can I, can I just and number sorry, can I, I drove from Limerick. No, I, I drove from Limerick tonight to make three points, okay. and I want to make, make them. the third. You've censored me before, Pat. You're not censoring me again. When did I censor number you, three? By the way? You censored me. You interviewed me. You gave me a twenty-minute interview, and without explanation, you chopped it on your radio program. We often chop. Uh, ah, that's crap. Absolutely. Number three. Number three. Number facts. three, Frank. And then Pat Kenny eventually, as he said, goes down <laughs> to Hannon to talk to him. <laughs> And he talks about his book Ashes, which is a direct contradiction of, <laughs> of Angela's Ashes, the book that Frank McCord wrote. And Frank McCord, or sorry, Jerry Hannon, then contradicts Pat Kenny, saying, <laughs> saying it's not a direct contradiction. Most people watching this he have no it. idea of the people you're talking about, because it's fine okay. detail about Limerick. You've made your point that you think it's very inaccurate. But what it's I'd nice, really like to know is why, why you are so obsessed. I mean, the latest book is called Tis. You're bringing out a book called Tis It. It's called Tis in My Ass. Okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't given the full title. But, okay, Tis in My Ass. I, I thought it was going to be called Tis It. This current book is about America. It's about his experiences in America. Yeah, now, what, what are you writing? He spends his time in, in America reminiscing about yeah, his miserable days back this in is miserable all, how, Limerick. What do you know about his life in, in America that you're going Zero. to contradict everything? Zero. So why oh. are you writing another book? But who says my book is contradicting? Tisn't well, Ashes published was con your last book, Ashes, was contradicting <laughs> Angela. Ashes was another side of the story. It was about the people who were happy, who lived on the lands of Limerick, my relatives. <laughs> what was the other book that I wrote about? Uh, 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 is Frank McCord called it, what, Tisn't or something? Tis. Tis. And Jerry Allen called his book Tisn't Be Ashes. <laughs> 
just wrote a, a contradictory <laughs> book about Frank McCord's book, and then they bring in Frank McCord's toured wife, who happens to be American. It was written by a fella <laughs> by the name of Frank Hamilton, and uh, she goes on to make accusations about Frank Hamilton. Then, uh, to which Jerry replies, "That's a total and absolute lie." <laughs> and the biggest lie of all is told at the end. By, oh yeah, by, by, by Pat Kenny, wasn't it? Or it was a boy Frank McCord, yeah. Yeah, he said, nobody's interested in this. It could have been the most interesting piece of television on RTE in the 90s. Ever. Itself. Yeah. Ever. There Since Italian 90, I'd say. So, again, Frank McCord peddling more lies. Yeah. Whose side are you on, Etsy? Oh, without shout out to Jerry Hammond. Although I haven't done my research, like, so all this contradiction that he's doing could very well be wrong. Just judging by the, int- the kind of debate itself... Jerry Hannon's quick to answer every question that he's asked yeah. without kind of... And he's pointing the finger and stuff, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, like you can see he has a genuine passion. Uh, <laughs> whereas I think with Frank McCord, he's quick to kind of deflect and some of the accusations made against him and he just answers, I love women. It's like, yeah. <laughs> answer I'll, the question. Answer the question yeah. though, you know what I mean? I think we're all on the side of Jerry Hannon here. Jerry Hannon, yeah. Um, hope he's doing well. I think he's yeah, I hope he's doing well. He's still taking over. Yeah, yeah, ho- hopefully he's doing well. Um, but... Yeah, that's a bit of RT gold, we call it. Yeah, I think I think this episode has literally just been RT gold, to be honest. Uh, we were got, we were like literally talking about football's biggest bust ups, and we've just talked about Dumpy. like Dunphy and Jerry Hannon. Like, you know what I mean? It's crazy. And Noel King. But uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed that. There's no Premier League this week, so that's why. But um, absolute spoof. Absolute spoof. <laughs> we're gonna move on now to another edition, Kieran. An international special, some might say, of Around the World in 60 Seconds. I'm getting the clock up now, Kieran. Three, two, one, let's go. It's the bet! Batman scores for Belgium as they beat Wales 2-1. Wales now relegated after losing to Poland 1-0. Batshuayi, is it? Batshuayi, yeah. Okay. Um, and that means Wales go down to the B group of Nations League. Beautiful Drew continues his beautiful form, scoring in a 2-0 win versus Austria um, at home in the Saudi France. <laughs> Liechtenstein 0, Andorra 2, the Battle of the Titans. Andorra coming out on top. Um, brilliant result for Andorra here in the D group of Nations League. RIP Southgate, I have written down here. Mm. England relegated after 1-0 loss to Italy. Second team. According to Horncastle. Haaland <laughs> on the score sheet in a 2-1 loss to Slovenia. Not a good result for Norway, but Haaland's still going. Mitro's on fire. First half hat-trick for Mitro. Against. In a 4-1 win. Against Sweden for Serbia. And that's exactly a minute, Kiron. Fair play. Well, Kiron, so welcome back from the YouTube to our Manchester City versus Man United preview, Kiron. The game kicks off Sunday, 2 o'clock. Big game for both sides, of course. Sorry, I didn't know I was you were, you were trying me in there. <laughs> yeah, I, was just um, looking, I was looking at you, I was like, say something, please. But, um, uh, I don't know, I think this is a very much a case of a much improved Man United team playing against a very, very good Man City team. And um, I think it'll be quite low score, and I think Man United are going to set up to keeps it you rather than the opposite way around and it will all depend on if they can defend Haaland or not mm. there you go Man, Man City go into the game 1-3 to three on favourites while well, United come into the game 13-2 to two. Uh, Man City will be without Laporte and Calvin Phillips while well, United are without uh, Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford but they they're expected to be back soon so if they play on Sunday don't be surprised um, just looking at last season's games Man City won 4-1 in March, um, De Bruyne with two, Mares with two, Sancho was on score sheet for United, and Man United lost two 0 um, earlier in the season. I think it was in October. Boy got an own goal, and Bernardo Silva with it. Um, I think this is a massive game, Kieran. Um, especially for Man United, if if look at they've beaten Liverpool this season, which was a bit of a shock at the time, especially considering the results they had before that. But since then, they've been fairly solid. Um, Raphael Varane of course is coming to the side and he hasn't put a foot wrong um, United have been really really good regarding this game itself I just think City will have too much you know, they've, they've dropped points against Aston Villa and against Newcastle this season but I just have a feeling I have a feeling they'll, they'll come out here 
especially after the international break, I just have a feeling they'll come out here and put three or four past United. I think it, yeah. it could be could be a hard game for United. Um, although they have been good, it could be very tough for them. And I do expect Man City to, to put a few goals past them. If you look at their head-to-head, again, shout out to football for this in the last 32 games. Man City have 15 wins. Man United have 13 wins. And there's four draws between them, which again, is very tight. Probably a bit surprising. But I, Man United always torn up in these games, I find. Especially, I remember in the League Cup a couple of years ago, they came up and, and put a few past City. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if they nick something. But I, I, just, I can just see City a good few passing yeah um, I'd agree with that I think it'd be tight mm. um, I think Ten Hag will have them well set up so it'll probably be tighter than the last few games and I think United will play some good stuff mm. I, I'd expect them to have a few chances so do you know what I'm going to go cheeky here I'm going to go for a two-all draw wow so and it's going to be think, a great game I think. you think City are going to drop points out yeah I think yeah wow um, I think I'm going to go with Man City 3 Man United won. I think I think similar to the game last season, I think United could sneak one goal if they set up well, which they will. Yeah. You know they will. Um but I just think Man City will have too much fun in the end, to be honest. I think it'll be a tough game for United in the long run. And um yeah, I, I fancy Man City here. Have you got a, a favourite Manchester Derby moment, Kieran? I think well my favourite is probably oh, was it that League Cup game or was it Community Shield? They played each other and City had just gotten the money. But I think it was Michael Owen who like made a four four. Oh he made it three he made it three two at Old Trafford and three two at Old Trafford, yeah. yeah. Bellamy so, rinsed Rio Ferdinand that game as well. It was the first game of the league or something it like was, that. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was like it was very I early. think I remember the date, it was like September fourteenth. Right. Two thousand and twelve, I think it was. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I remember it well. Because <laughs> I remember Bellamy Rain Man over here. I remember Bellamy <laughs> rinsing um actually I think it was two thousand eleven, sorry. I remember Bellamy rinsing. Um, yeah, I did. Rio Ferdinand and uh, was it Ben Janney playing for them as well, or is that too far? I think that was. I think, was, I think it was Joe's <laughs> playing. I think it's Ben Janney. Um, but I just remember when that happened, and look at Ferdinand, still a great player at that stage. But people were writing Ferdinand off after that, and then I remember the goal. Ryan Giggs chips it to Michael Owen to make. It, I think it was three two, three two or four three. Yeah. Um, it was well, sort of two teams coming up against each other. One on the up and one on the decline, mm. and they came across at the right time. Yeah, it was as if I wouldn't even say United were on the decline; they were just stagnant, if anything, mm. because they still had Fergie at the time, and uh, yeah, they're definitely on, definitely not as good as what they were. I think that was 2011, 2012 season. I think they won the league that year as well, mm. or did City? I think no, City didn't win the league that year. But yeah, I think my one is is when City absolutely smoked Man United at Old Trafford. Remember that one? I think yeah, it was like five one. six. Was it five one? Five five one or six one? So that that's our preview, Kieran. It feels like a, a bit of a mixed match preview where we literally went. Oh yeah, that game was like four one, or <laughs> three one, or two two. But we do hope you enjoy it, and be sure to check out the rest of the podcast now. Two men enjoying talking about football. That's what it was. That's all. So Kieran, the last segment of the show now. Get it out. Get it out. Shout out to Alberto Moreno as per usual. We have a few questions from last week because we didn't quite get to them last week at the time. Serie A spoof last week as well. Rory says, who's winning the Serie A? I think it's between AC Milan and Napoli. Okay. I'm going to go for Napoli. AC Milan currently not in the top four, Karen. Yeah. I'm going to go with Udinese. Udinese? Yeah, I'm going completely out of the box. I don't think they have any European competition this season. They have a fairly strong squad. And I just fancy them for a bit. I don't know why. Rory <laughs> says, up-and-coming Irish players that could improve our international side. I think people are probably sick to death of hearing us talk about Festy. <laughs> Especially after Doherty's performance the weekend. Yeah. Just get him in. What, what's the worst that'll happen? You know what I mean? He's playing for Udinese now. Getting probably better coaching than a lot of the... Also not getting games on like Doherty. Yeah, but there's a difference yeah. where Doherty's an established player and, that's what and, I mean. and Festy's about 19 years of age. If If anything, like... It's new blood as well. Um, Gary says top three failed wonder kids. Oof, there's a few Chelsea there. Oh yeah, there is. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll go one. That's one now. Right, Billy Gilmore. No, not yet. Um, I'll go Josh McEachern though. Josh McEachern, yeah, it's a good show. Lost. Went to Vitesse, Arnhem, not the first. 
Mark O'Maron, he's another one. Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Broke his leg. Um, I'm going to go Jordan Lloyd, but I feel a bit harsh saying that because I think he suffered like with mental issues recently, so he was actually really good for Liverpool and then he just, just didn't work out for him. I think he got him out to Bournemouth and then just, unfortunately for him, didn't work out. Roy has one that's aimed at me purely. He says, you can only watch one team for the rest of your life. Who is it? And he says, aimed at Adzi. Having done what I've done with Shells recently, um, I'd kind of be kind of be lost without it to an extent. Especially the the country last week for the Bowls game. That was one of the best kind of experiences in football in my life. So I probably would err on the side of Shells. Yeah. But ever so slightly because I still do love Liverpool and uh, obviously that goes out saying. But I I will go with Shells. Rory, thanks for putting me in a in a pedantic situation there. Gary has another one from last week. He says, which Premier League team would you support if Chelsea slash Liverpool didn't exist? Must pick one. Kieran, I'm going to go a few with this because Gary does always say to me, he goes, Kieran just never answers questions. If you ever listen to him, he just doesn't answer questions. You're like Frank McCourt, you just deflect. <laughs> I think Gary's full of spoof. Anyways. So, pick a team. If he couldn't pick, couldn't support Chelsea, he would just support. You know what? I'm just a little annoyed the fellow beside me with Everton. I pick Everton. Why? Oh, give me a genuine answer. Why? I think they play good football. They don't, though. They do. They don't. I think I I really like what Frank is building there. And I think this is this is exactly what Gary gives out. But you just you, you don't give a proper answer. Girl. You're just deflecting her. No, that can be said about a lot of people. Um, I would pick uh, West Ham United because I like the London Stadium and I like Claret Blue on the West Ham. I don't like Bournemouth's Claret Blue. Do you know what? QPR. That's the team I go with. But they're not a Premier League team. I don't think the question was specifically Premier League based. I think it was. Yeah, it was, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, West Ham. We'll move on now to this week's Get Out Questions. Thanks to the lads for getting in contact with us last week. Rory says, do you eat or drink soup? It's a very uh, flamboyant question because you could say that mo- some soup is liquefied I, I, and some f- soup has chunks in it. Is it different? But one's a broth, one's a soup. No, I think they're both soups. No, no and one, one, one soup. If if you were to, if you were to blend soup, it does would be complete liquid, so you'd be drinking it. Does it take? But if there's it? a bit of chunks in it, I think that counts as eating. So it's a bit of a flamboyant question in that sense. I would say you drink a broth, Kieran, and you eat soup. Okay. Because have you ever just sat down and had a bottle of soup on its own without a slice of bread or some element that has eaten in it? Uh, I think I have. Yeah. Go on. I think one time I ran out of bread, so I ate, I ate soup. On its own? Yeah. I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go, you said it. But you it just was, said it you was, ate soup. It was soup with chunks in it. You just said you ate soup, though. And I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of broth and soup being the same thing. I think that's completely wrong, though. Well, what do you call... Um, what do you call... What's that thing called again? The, the oh, that thing. Bovril. Bovril, yeah. What's that? That's soup. I'd describe that as soup. But that's a broth. Because it's, it's li- a broth. pure liquid. Yeah, but uh, I think there's an element of thickness to it. Gotcha. Well. No, I think, there's an element <laughs> I think there's an element of thickness to it. I think there's a difference between a broth and a soup. Yeah. I, I'd say you eat it anyways. The, the point I'm making is you eat you, You're just completely... I think think you're <laughs> making the question out to be more than what it is. Like. I think it can be one or the other. I would say you, you, you eat and drink soup sometimes. So, <laughs> I, I go for the two answers there. Fair enough. Ian says, um, thoughts on the pox ball? That is Conor Horan. <laughs> I think it's very harsh, first of all. But um, I'd say, yeah, I suppose bottler is the right word. Um, yeah, he wouldn't be my uh, cup of soup. Yeah. I don't really have thoughts on him at all, to be honest. It's literally I'd rather just say neutral in this today. Um, Ian also says a bit like Rory one player not in the squad that should be um, that we haven't discussed so we're not going to talk about Festy um, I'm going to go with Evan Ferguson plays for the 21s Brighton under 21 striker I think he's a very good player and I think he has a very high ceiling do you know what I don't think Dawson Devoy would be a bad call up yeah I fair. think he's playing alright for uh, especially for someone like Conor Horan as well yeah um, Woodley says FAI Cup final location if Shells get there um, I'll be in probably heaven so what pub w- would you go to 
Probably one closer to the river. Any any choices? The Balls Bridge in? No. What's that pub That's called? Pub, by the way. one beside the Aviva. Um, what's it called, Dave? You know the one we used to go to before the one you Flannery's. Had? We used to go to Flannery's, girl. Not the good kind. Uh, well, better kind than yeah. Flannery's and Cannon Street. Um, ben Casey says, favourite on Bake Off so far. I'm going to be honest, I haven't looked at any of you. Yeah, I just haven't ben. gotten around to it. I'm sorry. Um, we're going to have our Bacon Bad special. <laughs> In the next month or so, which we just just before the World Cup, I'd say where we will be reviewing um, the Bake Off. So yeah, do tune in for that. Ben, um, Craig says, are Tuck crackers underrated or overrated or fairly rated? Personally, I'd say underrated. Um, Tuck crackers. Tuck crackers. Do you ever have Ritz? They're similar. Uh, do you know what? I'm not really a fan of either. Really? Mm. Salted crackers aren't your type of food. Not for me, no. no. To be honest. Yeah, uh, personally now speaking, I I I like a munch on a tuck cracker. Yeah, uh, but I wouldn't I wouldn't rate them. Okay. I just sort of eat them and not rate them. They'd be like. Do you enjoy them? I enjoy them, yeah. And do you think you maybe enjoy them too much? <laughs> I wouldn't say I enjoy them too much. I say. I so you think they're overrated, Grant? I think they're rated. That's the question <laughs> answered, Carol. Thank you. Seven uh, <laughs> uh, says favorite international break game of the break just gone. I suppose. Um, I actually really enjoyed Ireland Scotland on Saturday. Apart from the result, I thought it was, I thought Ireland performed well. Mm-hmm. One or two individual performances were a bit stinking, but a penalty was the decisive factor in the end. So I really enjoyed that game, to be honest. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, I'll probably go with the three all between England and Germany. Looked yeah. pretty good. I watched the highlights yesterday. Um, Havertz on the score sheet twice, as was Mason Mount. Good for Chelsea. Gary Valve says, what's your favourite kind of egg? Fried, poached, etc. I don't eat eggs, Gary. I'm going to go with Kinder Egg. Kinder Egg? Yeah. Chocolate egg? Yeah. I eat chocolate egg. Yeah. I like egg fried rice. Egg fried rice? No, yeah. not for me. Anything with egg in it, I'm sort of against. Why? I don't like the colour of the egg. You're, you're a creep, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like how it's white and yellow, and I don't like where it comes from. I'm not going to get into it. The last question is from uh, Keane Mulvey, um, who says, Is speed a better finisher than Troy Parrott? Um, I'd say no, <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't know the offside rule. Um, but yeah, that was actually a good game the weekend as well, wasn't it? I like speed. I like yeah, how I like his speed. eyes pop out of his head when he talks. Yeah, he's very animated, isn't he? <laughs> I really do like speed as well. Um, but yeah, that's this week's Get It Out, Kieran. In what can only be described as our worst episode so far. <laughs> no, great crack, as always. Um, the Jerry Hannon, episode 10. Kieran, thanks for joining us as ever. And don't forget the interview from 23 years ago. Between the two of <laughs> We'll leave it there, so. We'll leave it there, so.